What is up, cats and kittens? Welcome to Drive Through HR here on this lovely September morning. Uh, this is Dwayne Lay sitting in the captain's chair. Uh, this is our normal Thursday technology-focused show, and today we are very excited to bring to you a good friend of the show and just an all-around good dude, Michael Heller. Michael, how the heck are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, and I will confirm that some of those statements are true about me. <laughs> I can certify you're a nice person, and it's always a good time to see you. How's that? Awesome. Um, so, so for anybody, if there is somebody out there who, who doesn't know the story of Michael Heller, uh, can you give us a 30-second elevator pitch on just why you're a good person uh, to listen to? Yeah, uh, sure. Thanks, Dwayne. So I um, am a career HR practitioner, and I've always had the wanderlust when it came to trying to do something new and different. And sometimes that served me well in companies, and sometimes it didn't. But what I tried to do was really take um, a problem that I saw in the workplace and create something that helped others like I wanted it to help me. I always felt like performance management was one of those thorns in my side at every company that I worked at. And mm -hmm. so I said, you know, I want to do something about this. So I went from HR uh, executive and HR practitioner to HR technology executive, and I, I created iReview. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, what is iReview? iReview is a performance management platform that allows people to give feedback to one another in real time so that they don't have to wait until the end of the cycle to get feedback or to give feedback to one another. And then mm -hmm. it takes all that information, captures it, aggregates it according to goal or competency uh, or, or core value, and automatically populates the annual assessment so it makes it way easier for managers at the end of the cycle when they have to go and write these things and forget, and they've forgotten what their employee did over the course of the year. Now they have it all in one place and they've been doing it continuously versus trying to remember it all at one fell swoop at the end of the year. Okay. So, so this is really based on, um, as we've talked a little bit in the past, this is really based on that concept of continuous feedback. And I think most of us have lived in worlds where, to your point, you have an annual review, right? And so every September or January, whenever it is, um, you sit down with your manager, you try to recapture everything you've done in the last year. Um, and in too many companies, that's actually then tied to your uh, paycheck. And I've always mm -hmm. found it fascinating that your one chance to go in and really talk about the job you've done is dependent on both your memory and your manager's memory. And knowing that most of the time the outcome is predetermined, like they already have in their spreadsheet, what your pay change is going to be if there is one. So there's not That's really right. a chance to kind of go back and, and look at that stuff in advance. So, so talk a little bit, if you would, about this idea of continuous feedback, like how does that work and, and what do you see coming out of that in, in the workplace? Yeah, so so if you don't mind, Dwayne, I'll use the analogy that really helped me um, galvanize why I wanted to do iReview. And I was sitting at, uh, you know, working for a professional services company, needing to do uh, my my staff's performance management on the weekends because at consulting companies you build clients and you have to bill when billing time is right, which is during the week. So you do these administrative activities when it's you know off hours. So I was sitting there on a Sunday in the fall, not prob probably very similar to this time of the year. And to give you an idea of how long ago this was, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I was watching. Hey, nobody's the perfect. Eagles. It's okay. <laughs> and I was watching the Eagles play uh, on a Sunday, and I was watching Andy Reid, who you should be mm -hmm. a fan of, uh, basically give feedback to Don McNabb. And mm -hmm. what I noticed about this feedback, hang on, was, hey, can I can I stop you for a second? I'm sorry. Did you sure. call him Don McNabb? Don. 
Donovan McNabb. I was Donovan. Okay. I thought maybe you no, guys were like nickname basis. I was really thrown. Please go ahead. <laughs> So uh, Donnie and I, uh, when we when we were when he was getting this feedback, he was basically, you know, Reed was giving him feedback in real time. He -hmm. wasn't waiting till the end of the game or wasn't waiting till the end of the quarter or even the end of the year. He was doing it after each play when Mm -hmm. something happened so that the the person who was doing uh, what he needed to do better or keep doing well could receive it and respond to and react to it and did it in real time. So he basically was doing this real-time feedback. By the way, in all a lot of different aspects of life in performance, we do this, whether it's ballet or um, you know, trying to whittle a, a piece of wood or whether you're cooking, you're, you're doing feedback in real time. But for some reason in the workplace, we thought, when we've thought for years, it's good to do it at the end of the year to recap, but it's hard to remember all of that stuff. But the other thing that I noticed that McNabb was, uh, and, and Reed were doing when I was watching this game was Reed was on the sideline and Donovan was on the field. So they were mm-hmm. doing it remotely, mobily, because you know Reed had these big head, this big headset on with the microphone, and McNabb had those had earphones in his in his uh, helmet, so he they were able to talk remotely. So I thought this is the way we should be doing it in the workplace. So continuous feedback is really the concept of providing feedback on a regular basis. It doesn't mean every minute of every day. It means doing it um, at the proper cadence that works for your culture, your um, company, and for your particular team. Hmm. So, so that's really interesting. And, and so if I'm going to take a, a little bit of a contrarian look at this to, to talk through sure. it. So, well, in, in the football world, though, and, and in some of these other things you talk about, the reason that that continuous feedback and that instant feedback is so important is because they're actually changing strategy. And they're, they're coaching through how you're going to perform based on what you saw in the last play to the next play and which play they want to run. So, how often in the real world, in the business world, do you need to adjust that quickly, though, because you're not changing strategy? How much feedback do I need to give you on the fly about how you handle a particular meeting or how a candidate got brought into the, to the company? How often does that really change what we do? Well, it's interesting that you say it like that because you're right. You're talking about an extreme situation where strategy actually changes based on the way things are happening in what let's call it the workplace. So, for example, McNabb's on his field in the workplace and Reed sees a change in defense right then and there. He can he can very quickly go and say, hey, you should change what we're going to be doing and call an audible. Well, I'm sure you've heard in the workplace, we're going to call an audible before it's based on this concept. So does it happen as often as every single play? I don't think so. But what I'll tell you is that, you know, for example, to throw a stat out there, um, let's call it, uh, you know, uh, Generation Z or, you know, even millennials, 63% mm. of them say they want to hear timely, constructive performance feedback throughout the course of the year versus just at the end of the cycle, whether it's quarterly or, or biannually or annually. So mm-hmm. if, if your organization, well, let's call it your organization, because now the, the millennial population is the biggest generational cohort in the workplace, if your organization says they want more feedback more frequently, shouldn't we be doing it? So, I mean, to answer your question, should it happen? Uh, should you change strategy all that frequently? Probably not. But can you give feedback to keep people engaged more frequently than you're already doing? The, the answer is you're probably not doing it enough, and you should be mm-hmm. doing it more. Is it, is it fair to say, even without thinking about continuous feedback, 
that we do give feedback on the regular to our teams. Because it feels like it's, it's kind of like communication, even not communicating, saying nothing is a form of communication, right? <laughs> so it feels like, yeah, we're giving feedback constantly. We just may not recognize what we're saying in the way that we do it. Well, so, so you know, interestingly enough, I, I don't think that you're this type of manager, but I'll use you as, as an example, Twain. Okay. You have a, a person or two working for you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you would say, and, and what I know about you is you're probably giving feedback at the appropriate amounts and you probably think you're giving it frequently. But if you were to ask all of your employees, would they say that that number, would they agree with you that that number that you're giving it as frequently as possible? I would venture to guess that for you, probably, but are you the exception or the rule? I think you're the exception. I think most managers are well-intended, but they get, they get overcome by objectives. So maybe they're not giving it, maybe they think they're giving it as frequently as they should, but maybe they're not. Now, let's fast forward to the end of the year, right? Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, if you've given feedback frequently, well, the good news is your employees aren't going to be surprised by anything that was on their performance assessment because now you're capturing everything. But how likely are you to remember all of those things, all of the good things and the bad things. And, and basically, you can summarize them all. Hey, Jimmy is a great employee. But what Jimmy wants to know also is not only is how is he great, but that he is great, but he wants to know how he was great. And he also mm-hmm. wants to know how can he um, get better? You know, uh, another statistic I'll throw out to you is that, you know, you want to be able to give constructive feedback, but it has to be it has to be able to resonate with the person who's receiving that feedback. So in a particular study, uh, 92% of the respondents agreed with this assertion. Negative feedback, if if delivered appropriately, is effective at improving performance. People want constructive feedback, but they want to hear it in the right context and not just that they've messed up. I was about to use Mm -hmm. a piece of foul language. I'm from New Jersey, (laughs) as you know, Dwayne, and I stayed away from it. We appreciate we are, we are a G-rated show, so we appreciate that. We don't want to get the <laughs> iTunes cops come down on us. Of course. So, Zen, so I actually had one of my questions for later was to was to ask you to dive into data. I appreciate the fact you're just sprinkling it in as we go. I think that's uh, this is me giving you some real time feedback on how much I appreciate the work you're doing. Thank so, you. Now, did that did that resonate with you? Did that is it better to tell you now than at the end of the show? It is. So, so the okay. good news is because I've heard that and thank you for telling me, I'll be able to continue to give you some statistics on that. And I know that you're going to want it rather than having to ask the question all the time. So thank you for giving me that feedback. Wow. This really does work. That's amazing. Um, so, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, from a technology standpoint. So, and, and one of the things I was thinking of as you were running through that last bit is uh, I, I learned early on in my HR career, like there should never be a surprise when it comes to the annual review. Like the annual review can be the summary of all the stuff you've talked about all year long. And yeah, it, it always is a challenge, no matter how many people you have under you, if it's one or a or hundred, trying to remember all those things because we don't generally write them down. Most practitioners or managers, to your point, we have enough to do with our day. We're not sitting and, and, and writing notes about what we've said to different people. So, so how does the technology support a continuous feedback model? How does that make it more um, achievable? Yeah, so if the technology is correct, and I know, and I, I don't want to turn this into a, a sales pitch for iReview, um, but now, there's the a lot of te- that, by the way? If, if it was going to be a sales pitch, the website you would direct people to is? Sure, it's iReview, I-R-E-V-U, dot me. Okay. 
So, so I appreciate that. So, <laughs> I, and I, and I'm not going to turn it into this, but what I will tell you is there's a lot of technology out there that can help capture it. Um, feedback like this in the way that resonates with your company. So we have a lot of a few competitors out there that do it really well. Um, and they each have their own, you know, what I would call uh, differentiating principles. But I think that how, how technology can help this is when, you know, you've seen, you've heard the old adage, if you see something, say something, mm-hmm. giving feedback in real time and doing it continuously helps everybody. The best way to do it, the best way to do it is to capture it electronically, because, for example, even the best managers out there who write that stuff down and keep a folder on each employee are sometimes taking the sticky note from one desk draw and putting it up here and using a different color and they're organizing it. Again, that's the exception rather than mm-hmm. the rule. My wife is super organized, but sometimes you get overcome by objectives and you're not able to do that. So if you have a platform that's easy to use, easily accessible, meaning, you know, do it when you want to do it versus, you know, when your process is open over the, you know, first two weeks of, of the cycle, um, you know, being able to provide that feedback in real time, knowing that someone's received it and they can reply to it. That's how technology can help. So features and functionality, things like being able to do it mobily. Um, if you have it mobily, being able to do it through voice command really important, I believe, because sometimes you're thinking of that stuff on your drive home and mm-hmm. you do not want to text and drive. But if you can speak it into your into your performance management app, do it that way. Um, making sure that you're providing uh, feedback that's effective. So using a methodology to make sure that the feedback is not only well received, but also is is able to be measured. Is, is really important. So if, if your platform has the ability to help coach you on that, that's important too. Okay. So uh, let's do it. We're, we're right at about the halfway point. Let's do a quick reset. You are listening to Drive Through HR. This is Dwayne Lay, your host today, uh, talking to Michael Heller of iReview, talking continuous feedback and technology. So one of the things that, um, as I recall in previous discussions, was, was really interesting to try to capture. The, the manager to employee channel like that's easy enough to to kind of note and, and put in place. It's the employee to employee piece where there's not an official channel, there's not an official roll up, uh, especially for the annual review. That's the thing that's a little harder to get to, right? Um, I, harder to get to from a from a technology perspective. I don't think so um, because I think technology should have the ability to provide 360 degree um, feedback to one another. Meaning, you know, if you remember when I said at the beginning, what does iReview do? It allows people to provide feedback to one another, not managers to employees. And I think that technology should be able to do it. But I think that where the the hiccup comes or where the hurdle comes is how do you um, do it effectively? How do you do it so that it's constructive? How do you do it so that you know that that you're being taken the, the way you mean it? I mean, look, we've all been misconstrued when we've thrown uh, technology uh, things out there, whether we're tweeting something or emailing something, it's written it all caps like my mom likes to do. Um, you know, they could be considered one thing or another because you're not getting, you know, a person's facial expressions, their body language, their their face-to-face types of, of um of feedback. So what we try to encourage with um, not just feedback from employee to employee, but from manager to employee is make sure you're using different modalities 
when providing mm -hmm. feedback. So for example, especially when you're giving constructive feedback, um, if you have given someone constructive feedback, hey, hey, Dwayne, you know, I, I noticed that during this call, your voice was kind of low and it sounded like you're on NPR. So I'd like to tell you, can you um, <laughs> increase the energy level a little bit um, and make sure that you do it with people who maybe aren't as animated as you and I are and people who, who don't know each other, you know, but can we do this? Can we follow up and talk about it in our next one-on-one? -on -one? Cause I want to make sure that my message is well received and that we know what we're doing moving forward. I will tell you that that is never a piece of feedback I've gotten in my life that I'm too low energy. <laughs> like I have to work really hard to kind of keep myself glued to the seat for these discussions. That's why I had to use it because it's, it's <laughs> funny because it's not true. There you go. So, so how would you go about preparing an organization for this? Cause that's a, that's a pretty major shift going from, Hey, you know, in January, we'll talk about what you did to, I'm going to give you feedback every day, you know, as things come up, both from me, from your teammates, you can give it back to me. How do you, how do you kind of handle the change management piece of that? How do you prep an organization for that big of a shift? It's a great, it's a great question. And, you know, what I'll tell you is that after we launched many large organizations, including Deloitte, Accenture, Eli Lilly, Adobe, I mean, I could go on and on, have said this, this annual assessment nowadays is bunk. We're not doing this anymore. We're mm. shifting over to something different. And that was, you know, in 2015, give or take for some of these organizations. So it's a few years ago. They haven't completely made that shift at this point yet. It's hard to do because of the change management aspect. You can't just come in and say, hey, we're just going to shift over to continuous feedback. So what we've done with our customers, too, is set, hopefully set them up for success by saying to them, you know what, we're going to help you through this. We have... Um, you know, I think that you should have champions within your organization that buy into this process. It's different. And they should be helping to talk it up and make sure that they're not just talking it up, but using it as well, that they're giving continuous feedback. That's, that's one aspect of it, making sure there's executive level at the organization who can, who will, who buy into the process, but also then, then walk the walk along with the process. The second component that we found really successful in helping to ease that change management pain has been around making sure people are well-equipped to give feedback to one another and to receive feedback effectively, too. You know, it reminds me of an analogy that, that we had um, years ago. I, I uh, live and work in the D.C. metro area, and we have these great um, initiatives at companies that we want to hire former military. Every company has these great initiatives to do that, and they're fantastic. These are people who have served our country, and now when they're coming off active duty, they need something to do. So companies said, we're going we're gonna to open the doors to folks who are in the military. But what, what they were finding was they were hiring all these people, and these people were voluntarily leaving the company because they didn't fit in. So in other words, the company wasn't well-equipped to receive them. Transition that over to feedback and think about it. Now we know, and everybody really knows the principles behind giving effective feedback to one another, but maybe they don't know how to receive feedback effectively. I said earlier that millennials are a big part of every company's population right now, and it's getting bigger. Millennials have been told all throughout their life, hey, it is awesome that you participated, but they're not used to hearing critical feedback, and the way that, import, that performance happens, the way that performance improves is through critical constructive feedback. So now mm -hmm. we're helping, you know, you, you should be coaching them on how to how to get better about 
receiving feedback too, and not getting defensive if they're being told, hey, you could be doing something a little bit differently. So I think there's two primary components to answer your question. Component one, make sure you have championship across the organization. And that's just really change management 101. And two, make sure your, your organization is well-equipped to uh, give feedback, but also to receive feedback effectively. That's good stuff. I, I wonder how many times you see an organization and, and I, as I think through the leadership piece, right? One, one of the things I've always seen is that, you know, every, everything kind of comes from the top down. And I wonder how many organizations have taken the approach of we're going to open up continuous feedback for you to send to the leadership team before you have to see any of your own, like, and really to put themselves out front. Have you ever seen anyone do that? <laughs> I haven't, but you know, where we get a lot of pushback is, um, you know, the feedback in, in our in our platform, I have a philosophical um, stake in the ground around mm -hmm. not about not giving anonymous feedback. I think it's, mm. it's BS. I think when people uh, are able to give anonymous feedback, they will hide behind their computers and turn feedback into you know Glassdoor or Yelp, and basically bash if if they don't like something and know that mm -hmm. they they quote unquote, won't get caught for it. However, mm -hmm. the flip side of that is if you have to own the feedback that you're putting out there, you're going to really think long and hard about being constructive, especially if it's upward feedback. Right. So we've had, we've had customers on both sides of the coin on one side where a customer said on both sides where customers have said, we want people to give upward feedback to the management team. And We've had customers say we want it to be, uh, you know, anonymous, and we've had customers saying, you know what, I'm okay with it not being anonymous, and I'll let people know from the CEO on down that there will not be retribution for mm -hmm. telling me something that we think we could do better. That's how things improve. So on one side of the coin, when, when they say we want anonymous feedback, I say, if you have a system that allows people to give anonymous feedback, what's going to happen is they won't do it because mm -hmm. they, they think that somehow, some way, the way it's written, the way it's analyzed, if there's only one respondent, they're going to be found out. Mm -hmm. So it almost, acts, it almost acts negatively. On the other hand, if managers say we're really open to constructive feedback and we want it, um, look, and if you want to provide it through um, your platform or if you want to give it to me, I'm willing to take it. I want the company to get better so we all succeed they find that that's a way better methodology than saying, let's do anonymous feedback because then people, people tend not to do it if it's anonymous. Hmm. That's interesting. I've, so when I first started in HR, one of the first things I worked on was an employee survey. And because I, I had been in that company about five years, so I knew a lot of the people. And I had some of the discussions with people who didn't know I was the one who was running it. And I had somebody tell me, like, yeah, I'm not going to fill this out. I said, why? It's anonymous. He said, well, right, but I'm the only white male above the age of 50 working in this department. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking mm -hmm. at demographics, like, it's not hard to figure out who said it. Now, the really yeah. funny part about that for, for anybody who's never run one of these, especially in a smaller company, we built it to be anonymous. And when the executive team came back, they said, so you can't tell us who said what? Like, what if we really need to know? And truth be told, why would you really need to know? Right. Of I don't course. know, but I could kind of tell because I could look and see when people open messages, when things happened, like we could kind of triangulate it. It never occurred to me the idea that that people might be um, hesitant to give anonymous feedback because they might be found out that they might be more likely to give the feedback when their name is on it. But I absolutely well, believe in what you're saying about it being constructive as opposed to um, just critical. 
Yeah, I mean, think about it. The the your your case study sort of proved my point is that people mm-hmm. were hesitant because they're going to find me out. Whereas if your name is on it, well, at that point in time, I can choose not to give feedback, but I really want to mm-hmm. give this feedback. I really want things to get better because I believe in the organization. So I'm going to do mm-hmm. it. I'm going to be brave and I'm going to be bold and I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting. It, it, that that never actually occurred to me. That's brilliant. So. For the HR practitioners out there who are listening who say, hey, this continuous feedback thing, it's a, it's a neat idea. I really like it. Um, what can they do to either educate themselves about the concept uh, or prepare themselves to, to try to put something in place? Yeah, so that's a, a good question. And one of the things that I've done, um, I've, there's a couple of uh, presentations that I have out there. And um, what I'll do is I'll link them to the site because I'm not exactly sure where they are, but one is at HR Tech mm-hmm. and one is um, through through uh, Disrupt HR. And it's really how do we, how do we um, prepare ourselves for continuous feedback or how do we do it to make sure that we're prepared for it. And so there's a couple of presentations out there, but what I would say is, you know, it doesn't take much to get started. You know, talk to your leadership teams about the concept and why you want to do it. Don't talk about how it's going to be done. Talk about why it should be done. And that should resonate really well with with leaders across the organization. You may have some, as an HR practitioner, you may have some homework to do because they're going to have questions for you after that. And when once you explain it to them, but start to do research. Again, there's there's a ton of it out there and the larger companies are doing it, but because they're so large, they're not. Uh, doing it as as rapidly as a midsize or even a, a little bit of a smaller company can do it because uh, they they can be a lot more nimble. So so if you're at a midsize company and you want to start to uh, you know explore continuous feedback as a supplement to your annual assessments or even as a replacement to annual assessments, um, you know I'd be happy to talk to you about it. But I also have a couple of presentations out there on that as well. Okay. So two things, if you have those presentations and you can shoot those links over to me, we'll share those out on the Twitter feed and on our Facebook page so people can get to those. Um, Second thing, because you haven't really done this yet. um, If someone wanted to reach out to Michael Heller and talk more about this stuff or just learn more, what are the best channels for them to go through? Sure. So, so our website, you mentioned earlier, ireview.me, I-R-E-V-U. Um, is our website. We've got a lot of great content out there. We talk obviously about the product that we have out there as well. Um, but I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can get me at, I think uh, my LinkedIn profile is the Michael Heller or, you know, Michael Heller at iReview. Um, but you can also reach me directly by phone if you want to get me at 301 367 2852. That's my direct real phone number. You can reach me there or at mheller. M-H-E-L-L-E-R at iReview, I-R-E-V-U dot me. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Last question. We've got about three minutes left. Why does iReview have an umlaut? <laughs> you know, there's a few, a few reasons. This is a great question. I, I rarely get this. One, I'm German. So, you know, that umlaut is kind of German. It reminds me of Uber. Uh, for whatever reason. Uh, two, because if you look at the U with the umlaut on top of it, it kind of looks like a smiley face. And I think that hmm. when people are getting feedback more frequently, they're, um, they're happier. And the third thing is, if you think of the two dots of the umlaut as people's heads facing each other and the, the, the vertical uh, lines oh, of yeah. the U, 
it looks like two people talking to each other, which again, you know, I'm really passionate about getting people to talk more frequently in the workplace about performance. I think that it really helps. I, I mean, uh, you know, certainly I'm passionate about the platform itself, but more so than that, a lot of times in my career, if I had more feedback more frequently, I could have improved quicker and not had to wait at the end of the year. I want people to benefit from, from, from that as well. Well, I have to admit, I did not expect such a well-thought-out answer. Um, <laughs> so let me give you some immediate feedback on this show. Uh, Michael, you've been a great guest. It's always a pleasure to have you on here. Um, I don't get to talk to you nearly enough, so this has been nice, and I hope we get to talk to each other again real soon. Um, yep. Great answers. Thank you for sharing data. Thank you for being prepared for all the stuff. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, real quick, last question. If somebody is out in the world and they wanted to meet you, uh, what shows will you be at for the rest of this year? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to be, um, actually, I was supposed to be in Chicago this week and I'm not, I'm launching with a new client in Chicago in a few weeks. So I'll, I'll be out in Chicago. I am going to be at HR tech, uh, at the beginning of the, uh, of October. So if you're there, please hit me up and, and let me know. I, I may have um, a special invitation for you for a, um, a swinging party that, that, that I, I know of. Uh, and <laughs> then I'm trying to think of what else for the rest of the year. I think really HR tech is, is going to be the, the thing that I'm at. But listen, um, I am one of those people that I'm happy to talk to anybody about this concept and about this topic. I would love to get on the phone and wax poetic about it, geek out about it. Cause I, I, I love the fact I, I, I love it when people's, when the light bulb goes off over people's heads about, Hey, how can I talk to my employees more frequently or how can I provide some upward feedback that's constructive? I love it. That's great stuff. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody else. Thanks for tuning in. Always a pleasure. And we will write out and talk to you all next week. 